but there are many more things that you want us to know, learn, and walk in. So Lord, as we uh, expand on scripture today and on baptisms, Lord, help your speaker that it may be received in people's hearts and that it is be a, may be alert and that your Holy Spirit would touch them and bring them closer to you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. amen. So as you know, I've been doing a series on the Holy Trinity, and this is part seven, talking about Holy Spirit baptisms. And our key verse today is Acts 1, verses 5 to 8. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, is it not for you, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So a quick recap from last time. We talked about the fruit of the Spirit, and the fruit reflect God's presence working within you and the impact and effect it has in different ways. Through this, it helps us develop our character to be more like Jesus. And every believer should exhibit these attributes. We do need to allow the Spirit to lead us to be fruitful and allow him to prune us of unhelpful ways. And through this, we will keep our focus on God and not on our works. So it's Baptism Sunday. So it's only right that I should expand what does baptism represent. Water baptism is an outward sign to the world that we are a child of God and confirms the changes God is doing within us. It is a symbol showing you are committed your life to him and reflects our death to our old life and being raised to new life in and through Jesus. We baptise candidates who show a clear understanding of baptism and their responsibility in walking with God going forward. Water baptism without faith in God is of no benefit to a person, as we can only be transformed and have the power to follow God's will with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. As Paul says in Romans, it shows we are joined to him when the Holy Spirit transforms us from death to life, darkness to light. He frees and enables us to love God and to follow his will. The Holy Spirit baptisms are confirmation that God is committed to you now and forevermore, and reflect spiritually our new dependence, inheritance, and privileges of being a child of God. Baptism shows we belong to the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as we are all baptized into all their names. We show the world that we are set apart for God to bear his name for his purpose and glory. We do things in Christ, belonging to him, for Christ, loving, honouring and pleasing him, and through Christ, serving him for the good of others. Colossians 3.17 And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So we're going to explore the two types of Holy Spirit baptism. The first one is baptism of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 to 13. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, 
some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. I believe the baptism of the Holy Spirit is when the Spirit baptizes us into God's church at the moment of our salvation, as seen in Acts 9, verse 4 and 9. When we receive God into our lives and accept him as our Lord and Savior. We receive new life in Jesus and become a part of the body of Christ, his church, and a part of God's eternal kingdom. His permanent indwelling begins then, and his regenerative work starts in us, as seen in Ezekiel 36, verses 26 to 27. All believers under the new covenant will experience the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, where we receive a new heart and a new spirit from God. And from this point, he confirms us as a child of God and continues this inner witness to us for the rest of our lives. Acts 2, verses 38 to 39. And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. The promise of the baptism of the Holy Spirit was fulfilled at the day of Pentecost and is still being enacted on believers today. For those who do not believe and reject God's gracious gift of salvation, the baptism of the Holy Spirit refers to coming judgment on Jesus' return. I'm just going to expand on that one. (coughs) Baptism of the Holy Spirit is where he comes to live in you. God himself comes to live in you. And I'm going to go into later, there's ways of rejecting that. But if you do reject it, that means you're being baptized into death. Same way that being baptized in the Holy Spirit is baptism into life, if you reject it, you are technically baptizing yourself into death. That is why Christians press their loved ones to try and receive Jesus. Because that's what you're doing. I'm just trying to clarify that to people. We receive the Holy Spirit as a gift from God, but this gift has a will, a purpose, and a plan for our lives according to the will of the Father. Jesus was given as a gift to the whole world to be its saviour, to all who would believe. The Holy Spirit is only given to those who believe and receive Jesus as their Lord saviour. Both are eternal gifts from God. They are distinct, different, but still one and the same God. The Holy Spirit engages in revealing, as seen in 2 Peter 1, verse 21, teaching, John. We are filled with God's great, compassionate, all-powerful, merciful, gracious love. We now will have the desire, will, power and ability to live a life that is pleasing and glorifying to God. It shows the new life that dwells within us, transforming us into his image. Baptism of the Holy Spirit washes us of our sins, bringing purification and making us acceptable to be in God's presence. The Holy Spirit continues to clean house within us as his dwelling place. I always love to bring in a practical example, but my wife loves to clean. 
So wherever she goes, she likes to clear up a mess. She really hates clutter. And she lives with me, so she's constantly cleaning. <laughs> the Holy Spirit goes so much further. He takes our messed up lives and he starts to begin to make it new and beautiful with so much less clutter and so much less mess. Every believer starts their walk with Jesus through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let's make me clip this. I want to be clear on that one now. Your walk, Shirley, your walk, James, did not start when you decided to be baptised. Your walk started when the Holy Spirit called you and you accepted. You have to be clear on that. This is just the outward sign that you've been chosen. Amen? There are barriers to receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's doubt. It is scary. God is unpredictable. And you just don't know what he's going to do. Even a mature Christian, if they're mature, they know it's not in your hands, it's in God's hands. And he does things so many different ways. So doubt's one of those things that will hinder you from accepting this baptism. Fear. There's one thing God's always told me and I always, if you want a scripture about fear, 2 Timothy 1.7 is the one that you need to keep going back to. For God does not give us a spirit of fear, yeah. but of power, love, and a sound mind. Yeah. Amen. So if that is what's holding you back, remember scriptures where you go. And then there's inadequacy. Not feeling worthy or mature. Get over yourself. None of us are. <laughs> That's the truth. None of us are. But God is, and he will, and he's the best way forward. So that will lead to the different states of experience you might experience before being baptised into the Holy Spirit. Some of us will be longing to be filled with him, as I've seen in Acts 2. Some will be receptive, and they're open to him, as seen in Acts 8, verses 14 to 17. Some will be hostile. The apostle... Paul, who was Saul, was definitely hostile to the Holy Spirit prior to his transformation, as seen in Acts 8, verse 3. Some people are uninformed and they just don't know about the Holy Spirit, as seen in Acts 19, verses 1 to 7. And then there's those who are unlikely because they think they're not religious, they're not looking for God, but believe me, God's looking for you, as seen in Acts 10, verses 44 to 47. So the second baptism is baptism in the Holy Spirit. And this is initiated by Jesus, as seen in Acts 9, verse 17. And it's where we are filled or receive the Holy Spirit to empower us for signs and wonders to follow. So that's what I'm going to clarify to you first. Baptism of the Holy Spirit is when God calls you and you accept him and you start walking with him. Baptism in the Holy Spirit is where he wants to do something different in you. It's going to take you to another level when he does this with you. We see this in Joel's prophecy, Joel 2, verse 28 to 29, where we, are, we will be empowered to do supernatural things through being filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus is our empowering Lord by being the baptizer with the Holy Spirit. Remember, we've already looked at this in the series about Jesus being baptizer, enabling us through the Holy Spirit to be continually filled with his power to fulfill God's purposes. I always like to give you an example. So most of us here have a mobile device 
either a tablet, laptop, or mobile. You agree? Yeah. I mean, and you, you must be familiar with these symbols. They're either going upwards or they're going sideways. Amen? Yeah. I don't know about you. When I'm using my mobile device, when it gets to a certain level, let's see if the point works, some things stop working. So I set on my laptop, if it goes below 15%, stop the Wi-Fi, stop doing things, so I can save my battery power and still use it. Technically, that's what I'm always aiming for, yeah. a full battery. Yeah. So you keep it plugged in, or you let it drop a little, but you keep recharging it back to that level. Christians, we have to see ourselves like a rechargeable battery. The Holy Spirit is the source. God is the source. And if you don't keep plugged into the source, this is what happens. Yeah. You get dry. Yeah. In one sense of yeah. the word, physically, spiritually, mentally. Yeah. And you can't function. No. That's not good, Christians. This is what we're aiming for. Yeah. Or even there. If I can get you to there, lovely. I want you to be there. But yeah. if I can get you to there, fine. Yeah. But everyone's got a responsibility. You've got to get keep plugged into the source. And that's where baptism in the Holy Spirit comes in. You've got to stay close to God. Yeah. If you don't, you'll be here and things... No. At Jesus' baptism, when the Holy Spirit descended on him in the form of a dove, it marked the beginning of his ministry. For us, it may mark the beginning of service to God and his church. Being baptised in the Holy Spirit empowers the believer to live the life God needs us to live to glorify him, to encourage and build up his church, and to take part in the great commission he called us into. Believers receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit in a number of various ways, some in a corporate setting, some individually in a private setting, but all recognise it as a significant experience. We will see outworkings of the Spirit in a believer's life, such as prophecy, speaking in tongues, showing acts of faith and words of wisdom and no, or knowledge, and we'll see healings as well. The Holy Spirit empowers believers to use his gifts to serve God's purposes. See in John 4, verse 23, 24, and 1 John 4, 22. A quote from Benefits to Having the Holy Spirit, New Version Bible Plan. God manifests all of himself in his people through his spirit. This additional work of the Spirit empowers us and intensifies our experience with God, helping us to serve him and others. But it also deepens and grows our relationship with God. Acts 8, verses 14 to 17. And when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them and that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptised in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. All believers will experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit or being born of the Spirit. But not all believers may experience the baptism in or being filled with the Spirit with signs following. Some believers may experience both together as Cornelius' household did in Acts 10 verses 44 to 46. Cornelius was definitely a, a believer prior to Peter being sent to him by God. Peter didn't have a clue that the Holy Spirit would fall on Cornelius or his household and baptise them all into the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit may come many years later, 
after we receive salvation through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the manifestation of different gifts can happen at very different times. I know that my ability to speak in tongues came very much later after my baptism in the Holy Spirit. Christians, try not to get bogged down with this, thinking if you don't speak in tongues, you have not experienced the infilling of the Holy Spirit. There are some very spiritual Pentecostal believers and church believers who do not speak in tongues, but that does not mean they are any less received of baptism in the Holy Spirit than those that do speak in tongues. You will know whether you have been filled with the Holy Spirit or not. Without God's Spirit, we cannot walk with God effectively. This is an experience that believers can encounter on more than one occasion. For some, it could become part of their day-to-day experience. How do we live in the fullness of this Holy Spirit or in God's? Both Holy Spirit baptisms represent new life and beginnings for the believer. The first adopts us into God's family. The second empowers us for the works God has for us to do according to his purposes. God's greatest desire for all of us is to fully enjoy fellowship with him in his new life through the Holy Spirit. But we can only do this when we fully submit to him. We need to make room for different and more powerful ways to encounter the Holy Spirit and continue to develop our relationship with the Godhead. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to flow through us in everything we do as we need his help to do God's work effectively. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, which is God's life and power, we are able to exhibit his gifts and the fruit of the Spirit. We can then reflect more and more the image and light of Jesus. John 15, verses 12 to 14. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. God showed me that when Pastor David was preaching about John, and I was talking to my um, midweek group on this scripture, and I think I mentioned to David as well, I said, David, this is really changing me at this time, that this commandment to love one another you might think that's quite easy Hmm? not when you start looking at Jesus' parameters about who you need to love it's not just your family it's everybody people you don't like people that get on your last nerve I've got to love everyone greater love has no one than this and that's what Jesus did for me and that's what he's calling us to do to lay down our hearts our lives so that I can love like he does. That's not an easy commandment, but it's a good one. Jesus commands us to follow him and him alone. We are a friend of God when we follow his commands, loving him and loving others as he loves us. Jesus introduced us to a mind-blowing concept of disciples and discipleship. The Holy Spirit empowers us to become his disciples and one day empowers us to disciple others. Again, I'll give you another example. There are those of you that like karate films, I'm assuming. No. Okay, are we more familiar with the Star Wars concept? Right. So you've got the Jedi Master and the Paddy One. Paddy One, yeah? One's the student, one's the master. Yeah? But normally the servant or the student has to serve the master, don't they? Got to do loads of tasks. I remember in the Karate Kid, the the teacher said, do the wash on, wash off foolishness. 
and you put them put to hard work cleaning cars and washing windows. And the, the, in the end, the, the student said, well, why am I doing this? And then he tried to attack him, and he's wash off, wash on. He could defend himself. Now, Jesus took it another step further. He became the master who served. Every other student serves the master. Jesus is the only one that serves. Yeah? His discipleship is way off the charts in regard to building up other people. Believers are commanded to be constantly filled with the Holy Spirit. And I would hope that you would want to be filled again and again with him. To make a way for this, we have to obey God. There has to be obedience in this. Submit to him alone, which brings submission. Turn from sin and evil, which will bring holiness, his holiness. Depend only on God's power. That's where reverence comes in. And then serve him and others, which is where we will serve. We should desire to continue to be refilled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit each and every day. And this will help us develop what God has already blessed with us. I'm just going to quickly stop there. Those who are getting ready for the baptisms, if you need to go and get changed, I'll tell you now because I'm winding down with the sermon. But if you're ready to go, that's fine. When we experience now through the Holy Spirit, what we experience now is only a foretaste of the fullness of what God has for us when we reveal his full glory to everyone. A quote from C.S. Lewis. If you want a religion to make you feel comfortable... I certainly do not recommend Christianity. That's very true. Because God's going to call you into some stuff that you don't want to do. But it's for the good of the kingdom. Just be aware that when you're asking for more of the fullness of God, that your life is not necessarily going to get easier. In fact, it may even have bring more challenges. But by God's grace and mercies, you will endure and overcome. Paul and many of the apostles lived in the fullness of God and they faced great challenges and persecution. But it's so much better to live in that fullness of God because that's what he wants you to live in. God will do his part faithfully and willingly. We just need to do our part also. Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your path. Only by accepting Jesus through the Holy Spirit baptisms can we belong to God, as Romans 8 and 9 shows. Be united with God, 1 Corinthians 6, 17. Be adopted as God's children, Romans 8, verses 14 to 17. And be an effective part of the body of Christ, 1 Corinthians 12, 13. My last quote. God will take your small things to do his great work. He can use a little and make it a lot but we have willingly put it in his hands. I know it is possible to live in the fullness of God now, and that is what I strive to do. I pray that you also would desire to live now in the fullness of God. We don't have to wait till heaven, church. We can live in his fullness here on earth through the Holy Spirit by God's grace and mercies. Seek the Lord's will for your life, approaching with humility, reverence and awe, and see what he will do when you place your trust in him. Let's pray. Heavenly and merciful Father, there is none like you. I didn't realise how significant that term was 
until you broke into my life and changed me. Lord, as we commit two more of your children, who you foresaw before the beginning of time, to be yours into your hands, I pray, Lord, that you stir other hearts. There may be other hearts here today that the Holy Spirit is talking to as we speak who could start to receive the Holy Spirit, who could receive their baptism of the Holy Spirit today and that journey begin in their hearts. Lord, if that is your will, speak to them now. Let your Holy Spirit touch their hearts. May they begin that journey. May they begin to know you. May they begin to submit and love you. And for those who are believers, who have been baptised in the Holy Spirit, Lord, let them be hungry for you. Let them desire to be filled with you. Let them desire to want to continually be that full battery. Well, better than a full battery. Overbrimming battery, Lord. Let them be overcharged batteries. Willing, able, ready to do the will of God. So, Lord, we submit this time to you and we glorify you in Jesus' precious and mighty name. Amen. Amen. Amen.